Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Startup Diaries. In today's episode, we have James Davison, the CTO of Mobisoft. Mobisoft is a market-leading technology partner and predictive analytics software business that supports the social housing industry. James's career started off at ThoughtWorks. He was the number six hire in the UK. He describes that as the golden generation. He actually tells us a bit about how he brought a lot of his learnings from ThoughtWorks into his more modern role with Mobisoft. He also talks us through how he's built and how Mobisoft have built a remote collaborative working environment. And he also talks us through the benefits of working for a purpose-driven culture as well. It's a great episode. Let us know what you think. Welcome, James. Nice to have you on the show. Thank you, Chris. Nice um, to be here. Yeah, appreciate you joining us. Um, do you want to just dive in and tell us a bit about yourself uh, and your background in tech? Sure. So um, uh, I've got probably about uh, 30 years experience of um, uh, working. I started life as a developer in languages we don't use anymore, um, but evolved into being project manager. A couple of really key moments in my career was when I joined ThoughtWorks, and that was at the beginning of the 2000s, so the beginning of um working in an agile way and introducing that to loads of companies and uh, it, it stays with me ever since. Um, at Razorfish, launching the first iPhone in the UK was pretty exciting, uh, the subscription, the registration engine, so that was good. And then I was nine years at ITV uh, as a technology director and doing a massive transformation there. And now uh, running a fantastic, exciting product team uh, delivering at Mobisoft. Perfect. So I guess, obviously, you've referenced there, you, you've worked with ITV and you spent a good spell there and obviously held quite significant positions and that's a completely different end of the spectrum and size of business to to a Mobisoft. I guess what would, yeah, what made you leap from, you know, this is not necessarily the safety of an ITV, but what made you jump in with two feet to, you know, scaling business like, like Mobisoft? I, I think one of the things that uh, makes uh, a, a jump like that really makes sense is when you think about a lot of us and, and me especially, feels like uh, I, I want to make a difference and the opportunity with a smaller organization like that is really to see what that difference makes and see what you're doing, especially when you look at a, a, an organization like Microsoft that's doing tech for good, uh, working with social housing, keeping social housing uh, tenants in their homes and keeping those homes well maintained. Um, then you you can actually really directly see the, the change that you're making. It, it's a challenge. It's much more challenging, I would say, uh, working in or a different type of challenge of working in a small scale up. Um, so high paced, lots of work, huge amounts of work to do kind of business, but uh, it's really rewarding because you really see every difference that you make is, is really apparent. Did you, did you see a, a massive difference in the culture from ITV to, to Mobisoft? What kind of drew you on that side of things? It's interesting that, that there is actually similarities as much as there are contrasts. So um, ITV had a, a very positive uh, collaborative culture. So uh, very much... Uh, it, it wasn't when I joined. Uh, when I joined, it was sort of having a lot of troubles, but actually the transformation that happened with Archie Norman and Adam Crozier actually made it a business that focused on its uh, end customers, uh, the viewers, but equally focused on collaborating with uh, clients and, and with suppliers and really work. And what, what I see in Mobisoft is a, a similarity there, that um, in a sector that I am new to, social housing, um, everybody collaborates really, really well, and everybody wants to share, and everybody wants to do better. And that, that there's no real sense of competition. There's no um, difficulty, no difficulty in sharing. So that really works. And then uh, all of that culture um, from social housing is really embodied in Mobisoft. So um, uh, everybody in Mobisoft really shares those those 
um, cultural views that our clients share. So they really want to do right for people. They really want to try and help tenants. Um, and it, it's really about uh, keeping those tenants in their homes. So there's a really positive culture there. And then that, that relays into the type of people that work there. So it's really, it's really easy to say it's probably one of the nicest places I've ever worked because the people are so nice and so friendly and so collaborative and so wanting to help each other as well as wanting to help. But it's a really good way, it's a really good place to find yourself working. And it's one of the key reasons I joined Mobisoft. That and the Tech for Good angle were just obvious reasons why I just had to be here. And, you know, six, seven months in, um, and it's still exactly the same as when I, uh, I interviewed. So it's still proving out to be exactly what I was looking for. Perfect. Well, look, obviously, we've, we've spoken there a bit about the uh, culture and the mission. But when you've come into that role and you, you've kind of got your feet under the table and looked under the hood of the technology side of things, what have been the biggest challenges on a, on a tech perspective for you in, in this role? The, I think tech at Mobisoft is quite exciting and 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 also challenging like any organization. So at the one end of the spectrum, we've got fantastic new tech with um, serverless working in lambdas, uh, doing machine learning and really sort of cutting edge type of technology pieces of work and, and really fast paced, small team pushing things out very quickly. And then you look at the, the, the larger core products and, and they've been around for over 10 years. So you, you uh, code bases that, uh, are that uh, of that age um, have more in them, more, more that you need to focus on, more challenges to try and, and figure out. Um, it's actually, in many respects, a fantastic product uh, anyway, because it's, um, you know, single code base, multi-tenanted, public cloud application. But then there is tech debt, and there are things that you need to, to fix and to evolve, especially for Mobisoft. So Mobisoft's growing really fast and already has nearly 40% of the market share of social housing organizations. And that, that volume actually turns into really big data challenges. So we're getting it more and more and more data, more data than we need to work with. And we have to evolve the code base that was designed for, you know, six or seven clients, not 180 clients, and evolve that code base to, to handle the higher volumes. And we're doing that at pace. It's all working fine, but it's a really, it's a really interesting tech challenging to try and solve all these big data type problems. Perfect. Perfect. And obviously, you've joined this team. So, well, as you mentioned, there, it's a well established product, it's a well established team, culture that we've touched upon. But is there, has there been anything that you've come in and influenced with regards to the culture yourself? If so, what, what changes have you had you made? It was already a good culture. So, it's already a, a, a good place to work, from a, especially from a technology and product standpoint. Um, I suppose the, the main influences I'm having in culture are uh, some of it is around how we deliver. So, it's uh, instilling what are already good agile principles, but making them better. So delivering more quickly, really focusing on an MVP, really, really focusing on M of the minimum of uh, viable products. So we can actually get things out very quickly. Um, a lot of it, a lot of my feelings about teams and about culture and about organizations, especially dev teams, is I, I strongly believe in self-determining teams. I really think that if you if you let a, a team decide its own future, it does better. And so I've I've been helping them, uh, empowering them to allow them to do that. I think historically they've had a little bit more control um, from the top. And I think actually what we're saying is, what would you do? What would you do now that would be better? How would you make this a, a better product? And, and allowing them to 
to some extent influence the roadmap themselves to say this is what we should be building this is how we should build it we've definitely allowed them to kind of bubble up their own team leaders it was kind of obvious and it often is but uh, they for a long time the teams have been um doing their own scrum mastering and they rotate that around the team they choose how to do that um so there's been a lot of sort of uh, stuff that we've just encouraged to keep going but uh, very much uh, how how do you influence you just do it you lead by the way you intend to work so you you just embody those things and you just say that's how i'm doing it and you encourage i encourage my heads of and my directors to do the same thing and they do the same thing with their teams and it just it, it, it works we have regular tech town halls we've got one in 45 minutes um and we all chat uh, it's not just sort of a download from the top it's trying to encourage a really good conversation that um, allows us to talk about the challenges we've got not quite retrospective style it's a bit difficult with such a large team you know we're talking about about 45 people mm. but you can you can have you can have some good conversations uh, you've got characters who will speak up and then it makes it fun Perfect. I mean, one of the things that I know about the company is obviously you're, you're largely remote now. Yeah. How do you maintain that culture and maintain that that working collaboration that you've been spoke, speaking about there when you are largely remote? I think maybe well, come together once a month it, or something. It is interesting. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft's taking the decision not to push anybody back into the office. So it, it really is what do you want to do? Um, and I, I think there are challenges in there that are difficult. So different people want different things. You've got some teams and some groups who want to have that office atmosphere and want to be in the office. And you've got other people who want to be um, working from home and, and are happy in that situation. And actually, sometimes you end up with a difficulty that there's people in teams that uh, want different things and you can't, you can't help them all have the same thing. And we're trying to create a culture in the office that is sort of more cross-team collaborative because you won't find one team all sitting in the office. I think the other thing that is an interesting challenge is keeping the communication going. So when you're in the office, typically when I'm in an office, I sit in the middle of the team. I don't sit anywhere in the corner or somewhere off the side, I sit in the middle and, and you're just talking all the time. And when you're more remote, that casual conversation that is happening while you're actually working is a little bit harder to maintain. So what yep. you need to do, and, and I think I see this as a positive and a negative, what you need to do is have more, more, more organized sessions of getting together well, and while that's good, it takes more time out of the day. So it's sort of, it's hard to try and make that work around actually working, but also spending time talking to each other. Um, we, we really encourage people to get on Teams and to, to be chatting to each other. I encourage everybody to ping me a message on Teams, much more than schedule a meeting with me. It's try and ping me a message and, and let's just keep talking. I, I, I contribute into lots of different sort of channels the group channels to try us just try and keep those conversations going so that you keep that connection with people mm -hmm. i think we're doing quite well um but i don't think we're doing it perfectly i think we could we could do better and i, I think it's something that we're going to continue to learn how to do because we're not we're not going to end up back in the office in any um you know really solid continuous way we'll everybody will choose what they want and at the moment that clearly means mostly working from home Quite refreshing as we're seeing a lot of decisions from businesses where are they've maybe set out that they're going to take that route and actually as time's gone on they've started gradually encouraging and getting people back into the office on a sort of one day a week two day a week and you're seeing that kind of return and so it's 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 quite nice to see i guess the trust that you've got in that team to continue as we find that those that want to do 
So I've got I've got one of my ops team goes in every day because they love it and that's what they want to do. Uh, but we don't we don't ask them to, but they just do. Um, and that's true of a couple of the other teams. But then the, the dev teams very much mostly want to stay at home. Some of the data team is in, um, and and we just let them figure that out. And I, I like it that way as well. I, I myself go in once a week at least, but. Uh, you know, I don't have to. I do because I like to. Yeah. It's, a, no, it's a nice yeah. day out of the home office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I tried a full week the other, uh, a couple of months back when we had some new starters. I was exhausted from the commute. I mean, my commute's a 15-minute train ride um, from Stockport into Manchester. It's not exactly that tough, but um, honestly, I was exhausted by doing a full week in the office. It was, uh, yeah. it was embarrassing. An hour and the, the, the traffic's getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Um, actually, I'll just throw in a bit of a question about that, uh, your, your time at ThoughtWorks, uh, if you don't mind, really. You obviously, you've described that as the golden area to me in the past. Um, do you think that a lot of what, have you taken a lot of your time from ThoughtWorks and allowed to implement that throughout your career outside of just the agile piece as well? Has it been a lot that you've taken from that, that, that golden era, as you just called it? Yeah, working at ThoughtWorks really um, formed me and changed me. So you, I look back at moments in my career where it, it changed who I was as a person. I, and I really learned so much at ThoughtWorks, not just from the Agile perspective, but also working with really, really high quality teams, really incredibly intelligent people who were inventing all of now what we consider to be the tools and the practices that we use today were all invented by loads of these guys at ThoughtWorks who were, um, I was trying to project management on teams and that was quite challenging. A, a bunch of fantastically intelligent divas who <laughs> you need to try and work out how do they work together. And they want to, they just need to find their find their feet. So that taught me a lot about people. Um, it taught me a lot about working with lots of different customers. I saw loads of different technology challenges um, at, because I, 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 in any consultancy, go to various different projects and different sites. Uh, and learn a lot and, and all of that has come with me um, and, and still a lot of it is relevant to what I'm doing today I, I still love to get involved with a team all that self-determining teams that came from that time at ThoughtWorks um, understanding how to get the most out of the team by allowing them to decide for themselves how they wanted to do things I remember one of the first teams I ran at ThoughtWorks and they rotated uh, the team lead on a sort of six monthly basis and they just chose that okay somebody else is going to be team lead now and that was really refreshing and and worked really well um so yeah so much of that has stayed with me in my career and i've applied it everywhere i've gone yeah i think are you am i right in saying you were the sixth hire i was think right. i had 14 something yeah, like that yeah in the uk so you essentially joined the startup back then didn't you, you threw yourself in yeah. into to working there um that's great i mean Obviously, throughout your career and going back to, to where we are now, I guess outside of the technology, what's been, uh, I mean, maybe I'll still with technology even, but what's been the biggest challenge along the way for you? God, uh, across my whole career, it, there's, been, there's been lots of technical challenges, but um, I think, that's, is there something that particularly stands out? I, I'd say one of the things that I find particularly challenging, especially now, especially in a remote working culture actually is the is one of the things that you have to do to make it better which is um a quite heavy uh, meeting schedule like you just end up with uh, especially in this remote working style sitting in so many meetings all day and you're, you're looking for time for where you can actually work but mm -hmm. those meetings are really necessary and they are working as well they are uh, they are the same sort of thing but it's just trying to sift through that and and make it really effective is it's a significant challenge um i think 
uh, other bits, uh, there's always interest, especially now I'm, I'm looking at a, a product organization and it's balancing, it's getting the right balance of product versus tech versus data versus, and, and there's an, a really interesting balancing act that you're always playing at, which is how do you optimize what you've got versus how you build something new and, and pull that all together to be the perfect product. There's, there's no, there's no, you know, panacea answer. It's about figuring out what, what's working right for the business and, and collaborating with everybody in the business and outside of the business to try and work it out. So I see those as quite interesting challenges to, that will always stay the same. But yeah. funny enough, because I've got such a great team, I don't think I've got significant challenges when it came, comes to my team. My team know what to do. They're all great people. They're really working well. And it's, it's really lovely working with them. And, and, and that sort of kind of home, safe home space for me. So it's, it's figuring out those other bigger challenges that's always quite interesting. Yeah. How, how do you feel you've adapted then to working in a new environment, new product? How have you, how you found trying to learn social housing as an industry and how the product fits? It, it, it's, that's hard. I mean, that's a, it, it's, a, it, it's a complex product and it's a complex space. Understanding how um, social housing works is, is far more complex than I imagined. So uh, I think I came in in a blasé way saying oh, i'll have this under my belt in no time just like you probably walk into many different situations and think i'll understand this this problem but uh, social housing and exactly how we do predictive analytics is particularly complex space and I, I i would say i still don't really understand it i still am a good six months away from really understanding everything about how we work and people told me that would be what it would be like when i started they said you wait for it it's a really complex space and i'm, I'm still very much learning right now um, it is, it, it's a lovely, interesting, complex technical environment, but a complex business problem and, and, and it's very stimulating in that respect. Great. Well, final, final question from us, really. I think it's one we ask we ask the majority of people uh, who come on this on the podcast. Really, is what piece of advice would you give to someone who's looking to take the leap from maybe that more established, like your ITV type business, into a, a company the size of Mobisoft, like a scaling business that you know it's got you know, it's got its established products, but you know it's not the the large corporate that they may be working at at the moment. I mean, my easiest piece of advice would be do it. It's 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 amazing. It's it's an incredible experience. It's really exciting to to do. It's it's intense, and I think that's it, it's one of those things that it it would be it would have been easy for me to say at ITV. I loved it. It was a fantastic place to work. Really collaborative. Really lovely people. But equally, I, I wasn't I wasn't evolving myself. I was sort of being who I was and continuing to do that. And I think that often happens in a large corporate. You'll, you'll end up in a, a position where there is an opportunity for growth. I'm not saying there isn't, but it, it's very um, one-dimensional, if you like. And if you uh, step out of that and get into something like a scale-up like a Microsoft, you'll suddenly find yourself stretched in so many different ways and really learning. I feel like I'm suddenly back to you know, 10, 20 years earlier in my career where I'm learning new stuff every day and learning how to, to, to manage things. And that's, that's really an exciting thing to do. So if anybody's looking to think about doing it, then I would, I would do it. it you're going you're gonna to grow. And I think that's something that I probably felt I wasn't doing anymore at ITV. And I really, really am growing here. So it's fantastic. Perfect. Well, I know you're obviously growing at the moment. Feel free if you want to, to pitch a little bit about, about Mobisoft and the roles that you've got at the moment. Um, obviously, I know we are, we're working with you on some of them, but if you want to give a shout out to people. What uh, you're for. I mean, we're looking for developers, uh, both Java and Python developers. Uh, again, really exciting environments. 
especially the Python side of things, working in serverless and with machine learning, and it's really good, um, exciting tech. Uh, beautiful code base takes a week for new developers to get on board, and we we need loads. So uh, yeah, come and join us. But a Java side as well, um, growing teams. I've got uh, two Java teams already, growing a third one at the moment, um, and really really great inspiring tech leads so guys who've been in the industry and are really strong developers that you can learn from so come and join from that perspective as well and really interesting code base and an interesting challenge and things make a difference so yeah uh, developers come and join us i said about myself but there you go look james that's perfect i really appreciate you joining us on today's episode um thanks for yeah thanks for your contribution hopefully um, spread the word Microsoft out there using the podcast for you. Absolutely. Pleasure and thank you, Chris.